Shut your eyes. Stop your ears. Justice is blind. The gods are deaf to the clamoring pleas of sinning mortals. And if they could hear us, what are we pleading for? Mercy? Reprieve? Exemption from the cruelty of the world? Why should we deserve that? What entitles us to any less than the full force of the punishment that will fall on each one of us at the unseen hour? Life's not fair. We are punished for the crimes of others, or for no crime at all. The axe falls where it will, with no promise of justice. The only true laws being those of physics, nature, or God. Savage laws that judge us arbitrarily, looming over us at all times, watching us blindly as they watch one tweed-clad visitor to Carcos's annual charter fair. The brightly adorned carnival, Zedekiah Fair. Finally a day off! Free from the humdrum drudgery of ordinary life. A day to visit the town fair. Oh, how I've longed for some relief from my dull working life. And now here I am. What wonders, I wonder. Will I wonder at as I wonder? What wonders, you say? Oh, such wonders, foolish mortal, I mean humble... Uh, citizen, uh, such wondrous wonders as which at which were never wondered here at Zedekiah Fair. Wonders of natural aberration, naturals, uh, naturals, pardon me, uh, wonders of mechanical ingenuity, wonders of human skill and endurance. As master of revels, I, Albert Crick, welcome you stride forth to Zedekiah Fair. Oh, you already know my name. Wonderful. And may I introduce my associate? Ada Carter. Big, strong fella like you should be able to win a few prizes. Welcome, Strideforth. Take a look around. It's a world of pleasures for your enjoyment. <laughs> 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 where, where should I start? Oh, ask around for recommendations. The fair is full of grey-faced drones like yourself who have sought release from their banal lives in the colourful ribbons of carnival time. And hey, uh, come up and see me at the tavern later. I have a few wonders of my own to show you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh they've, they've wandered off. <laughs> uh, uh, well, excuse me. Uh, sir, madam, uh, I'm new to the fair. Can you direct me? Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it's full of wonders. <laughs> so I've heard. No, no, you don't understand. It's lovely. There's actual magic. <laughs> All the exhibits round here are granting people wishes. Wishes? Magic? I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know about that. It, it sounds wicked. No, no, it's lovely. We've made a nice little wish and it was granted. <laughs> really? This is you after you've both had your wishes granted. I mean, you look, you look scruffy and grimy and, and awful. We've done a body swap wish. She's in my body, and I'm in hers. Oh, that's really a private matter. We're learning so much about each other's worldview. It is a little confusing for the first time meeting a new character, though. Well, it's all right. We have a sophisticated listenership. <coughs> <laughs> Besides, 
This sounds like ungodly witchcraft. But everyone's so happy. Look at this little boy here. What little boy? I see only a hulking, muscle-bound giant. A, a circus strongman, perhaps. Howdy. <laughs> this is Buffalo Brennan. Don't be fooled by his gargantuan size this morning. His name was ironic. I done found a fortune teller in a glass box. He said I had had one wish, and I wished myself big. Ah, yes. The big wish, yes. Yes, that's a classic. How's it working out for you? Just well. I'm having all kinds of adventures inappropriate for a boy my age. <laughs> well, yes. It does seem like you're all having a jolly good time. As if you're... As if you're in a sort of innocent and blissful exploration of an early act two of your respective stories. <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm so wary of these dark magics. I, I, I think I'd rather just take it in for a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe watch this traveling troupe of monologue. <clears throat> now, Mr. Barclay. I understand you brought me here to discuss Tommy's behavior, and I know that it's been less than favorable in recent weeks, but please allow me to explain that there are perfectly sound explanations for Tommy's acts of rebellion, as you call it. <clears throat> now, the first thing you mentioned was Tommy's absence between the 1st and the 7th of January. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, but that week was actually the week of the new Black Mirror release. Um, oh, you are aware? Well then, there's nothing more to discuss, is there? We have a family tradition that all episodes must be watched together. No cheating. And as I simply couldn't wait for Tommy to return from school, I insisted he stay at home and watch with me. <laughs> Obviously, I missed all your phone calls and emails, because we were in what I like to call technological shutdown. It did us a world of good, I tell you. No technology whatsoever. Aside from the TV, of course. And the occasional upload to Instagram. I mean, we've got to keep up with the kids nowadays, especially when you're looking hashtag on fleek, as they say. <laughs> <clears throat> Point number two. You said Tommy stole chocolate bars from a lunchbox belonging not to him, but to Ferris Looper. Now, you and I both know that Ferris Looper doesn't need to be eating any more chocolate bars, let alone two. And so what Tommy was doing really, when you look at the situation, was helping Ferris. My Tommy's a, what do you call it, a, uh, a martyr. <laughs> now, with regards to his result on the spelling bee, I must confess that I don't see what all the fuss is about. Tommy's spelling is beyond reproach, and his reasoning is incredible, too. Mrs. Baldabdelli is simply making a fuss out of nothing. Tommy wasn't trying to be rude, but... I ask you, how was the poor boy to know that a four-letter word for detrius and rhyming with sit was in fact grit? With the clues given, I think he made a pretty intelligent guess. <laughs> to the rather amusing yet serious, yes, very, very serious case of what happened at the swimming pool, 
I can only ask for forgiveness on Tommy's behalf. I'm sure, as you know, that <laughs> all children do have their silly moments and that Tommy, grabbing hold of his penis and yelling, penis copter, in the changing room was a joke. <laughs> boys will be boys, eh? He's only a child, after all, and most children do have their silly days every now and again. Yes, it's unfortunate the day happened to coincide with an Ofsted inspection, but these things can't be helped, can they? <laughs> Your email further states that Tommy proceeded to be violent towards Maria Olotti when all she did was politely ask him a question. This shocked me above all, Mr. Barclay, for I know my son to be a most agreeable boy. Besides, he has no reason to be violent. <laughs> we keep him away from all sorts of games that may provoke anger. You won't see any GTA in our house, no. Of course, we don't shield him too much either, and as such, his exposure to films such as Saw and The Human Centipede are purely educational. <laughs> so as to better improve his knowledge of the world. <laughs> so I was very shocked to hear this report of violence. <laughs> I took it very seriously indeed. And having now spoken with Tommy, I can conclude that it was all a misunderstanding. What Tommy heard, you see, was not as Maria professed to say, can you please share some of your pie? But actually, can you please see if there's something in my eye? And so, what was interpreted as Tommy not wanting to share his dessert was actually his admirable attempt at removing the offending Detrius of grit <laughs> from Maria's eye. <laughs> there, I told you there would be a sufficient explanation for this. I trust that my explanations excuse Tommy from any reprimand or punishment. Although, I did notice you had proposed a two-week holiday for Tommy. How delightful. Uh, it, it, it wasn't a holiday. You proposed but suspension. I see. For two weeks, though. Oh, fantastic, Mr. Barclay. You really are a considerate man. You see, next week we had planned on taking Tommy to the Bahamas. I have no doubt that he will use the time to carefully ponder his behavior and think about how he can better come across to his peers. I really can't thank you enough for being so understanding. Tommy has been through some difficult circumstances, but with a little help and guidance, I know he's on his way to becoming a fine young gentleman. And I do believe, as I'm sure you do too, that just, I'm so sorry, I can't see, that justice must always be, there we go, justice must always be carried out. People say life's not fair. And you know what I say to them? Do you know what I say? Well, I say nothing, because it's quite the popular adage. But you know what I wish I could say to them? Life's not fair, but we've got to be. You and I, Mr. Barclay, defenders of the truth, guardians of justice, and I can't have little Tommy told off for things he hasn't done, can I? Or even the things he has done with the best of intentions. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. And, and, and before I leave, you mentioned something about my dear, sweet little Wanda. Something about her locking Bobby Brown in the toy cupboard. Well, you see, my Wanda and Bobby were very much in love. Bobby had proposed with a Harry Bow ring and everything, but then that sneaky backstabbing Polly from class 2A offered to share her Lunchables with Bobby. Next thing we know, Bobby Brown is playing it with Polly instead. <laughs> well, I tell you, hell hath no fury like a nursery child scorned. <laughs> Admittedly, Bobby was stuck in the cupboard for four hours, with no company but a one-eyed teddy and a broken boppet. But we can hardly place the blame on Wanda, can we? <laughs> well, now this fair makes sense to me. <laughs> Yes, that acrobatic troupe of monologues put me in the festival mood. I think I'm ready to have a wish granted. Ah, here's a, here's a likely-looking place. Madam Yagchek's Heist of Mysterious Marvels. Ah, welcome, pilgrim. You have entered the domain of Madam Yagchek. What is it you seek? He seeks powerful magic and the granting of wishes. How did she know? Well, this ethereal wall-eyed wave seems to seems to stare into my very soul. Oh, yes, that, that's Heather. Yeah, she is my medium. Uh, she is a clairvoyant, uh, or at least a very good guesser. Beware, stride forth. Such power comes at great cost. Those who seek such glory only end in rack and ruin on the rocks of their own ambition. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, that's just a standard carnival warnings, all part of the authentic uh, festival experience. Uh, pay no attention to her, please, sir. No, no, I never do. I want my wish. <laughs> ah, well, can I interest you in this very special item? Oh, a magic genie lamp. Take my money! Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, to show this off at the tavern, Miss Ada is sure to be impressed. Beware the consequences, Stryforth. Beware. What consequences? You warlike fool, it's magic! What could possibly go wrong? Bye! Look, everyone, look! See this charming old dusty magic lamp that I've bought? Oh, so you decided to join the fun and have your wish granted. Yes. Although, now, now I think about it, my, my old misgivings about wicked, ungodly magic are returning. Oh, don't think about that. You hold in your hands a thing that you can truly satisfy you. All you have to do is uh, give it a little rub. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, when, you, when you put it like that... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Go ahead, stride forth. Right out. Now, let's see if there really is a genie in this lamp. Yup, that's me, hello! The genie of the lamp emerging there with a mysterious and majestic elegance. A magical demon gin of limitless power, honored with the title of Ominous Oracle Efreet, ensign to Oilet of the Outer Oubliette. Wee-woo. <laughs> and being released from the lamp, 
I'm now authorized to grant you three wishes, although I would suggest reserving that final one for a sort of gratuity. Show your appreciation for the wish granter. Remember to tip your genie. <laughs> yeah. A bit about me there, in case you were wondering. Three wishes! Gosh, gosh, I, do, you know, do you know I can't even think of one? Really? Nothing at all? No, no, can't think of one. I wish I could. Granted! What? No, that, that wasn't supposed to be oh, a... Sorry, friend, you know how it is with wishes. You've got to be careful about your wording. We genies love ironic twists. I call it monkey's pawing. Oh, well. <sighs> Still got two wishes left. And I've got a great idea for the next one. I wish... Stop, wait, don't do it. Oh, it's terrible, it's horrible. Who knew that these wishes would turn out to not be what we thought they was going to be? What, 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 what's happened? We've gone too far in each other's shoes. Nell has problems, frustrations and obstacles in her life that I'd never even imagined. And so does Flem. We, we'd done this body swap to try and understand each other better. We thought it was going to be... You know, our differences would turn out to only be skin deep and we'd come away wiser and more accepting. But now we realise that we can never understand each other at all, or anyone. People's experience of the world is so divergent that no true human connection can ever be made. Oh, the horror! Yes, but... <laughs> you both chose a stupid wish. You got what was coming to you. I I'll be fine. I, I no, wish... No, if you if you don't believe us, look at poor Buffalo Brennan. <laughs> oh, dear. What's, uh, what's wrong with him? Wish myself big, but all of me just got scaled up. Not like growing up normal. Head too big for my body. Glad making too much hormone. Long no working right. Dying. <laughs> Dying. Good. Oh. oh dear. Well, that's dark. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> I spent the first wish getting a really good idea for the second wish, and I'm not, I'm not going to let it go to waste. I wish, I wish that I had an endless supply of delicious, awful granite. in the lamp, you swine. No, I won't. If you won't go winning there, I'll push you in with this musical act. Ah, I'm being assailed with well-timbered kilt. Well-timbered kilt. That's a hard thing to say. <laughs> Niall McNamee. Working on the trains every day Chucking coal in the frame Cloners to Bundaring and Belfast Sundays back home again 
on the lanes by the shore He's a young boy no more, he hasn't played a game since down in 34 And his eyes are full of grit and smoke You know he's a fireman from the words he spoke And the ballads of home from his heart to his throat Outside the drums and whistles play the town Across the way he sees a smile that matches his frown And he walks very slowly to an angel he's bound Till now he's been lost and he sees her he's found And they talked for hours and she says she can't stay And he asked her why, she says she's moving away He asks where to, she says to England and May And suddenly his soul's young again He's found his best friend And she's the only thing he'll dream until the end He stands out at the shore Life's not the same as before As long as she's across the sea He'll dream and dream forevermore Years go by and older he grows The garden's grey without his rose Living in a land where all but he stepped on a boat and chose Letters back and forth over five years aren't enough Cause the man who's built a steel with a girl he isn't tough And like a saint he calls over the sea Calling Chris across to make a life for him for me And he flips a coin in Hollyhead It landed tails to go down to Birmingham A middle ground with a suitcase and a coat And suddenly his soul's young again He's found his best friend And she's the only thing he'll dream until the end He stood out at the shore But life's not the same as before As long as she's across the sea With him forevermore And they danced all night singing Don't fence me in Under city lights and life and a dream to begin and the streets aren't quiet and the roads aren't thin And the air is thick like the smoke from the coal And the brooks are green like the face of the soil And her smile's the same, she's not changed in a while And fifty years down the line He's collecting me from school on time And every Monday night at dinner and talking of the rare old times Nights in pubs with the mulligans and talking of the scene McGuigan's titles and times of the boys in green She's bickering and moaning but you still see that smile He's still the boy from Clonus, travelled hundreds of miles Left us home for her hand through the lines and the aisles The fight and the pain and the wind and the trials The salt in the sea and the cuts and the wounds Paying for life with a brick or a broom Six days a week for a ten bed room The darker days and the lights and fumes And the light years from trains, the mountains from seas You still see the wind through the locks and the trees The fields where you're locked and the locks where you're free 
the trains every day, chucking coal in the frame. And life's not the same on the tracks by the shore, they're not young anymore. She's aching, he's breaking, and his heart is sore. And his eyes are full of good and smoke. You know it's the end from the way she spoke. And she sleeps as he sings her song, his heart through his throat. And suddenly his soul is old again. He's lost his best friend. And she's the only thing he'll dream until the end. He stood out at the shore. Life's not the same as before. As long as she's across the sea forevermore. Master of Revels. He's the one responsible for all of this. Where is Albert Creek? Hello, stride for. Ah! Speak of the devil. In fact, with all that dastardly magic flying about, I wouldn't be surprised if you were the devil. Ah, uh, no, no, quite, quite absurd, no. No, I'm, I'm just a normal human mortal who, who runs a charter fair that has unexpectedly gone all magic. Uh, how could I possibly be responsible for all these supernatural goings-on? And uh, These things are beyond any human's ability to, to cause or prevent. If everyone would just refrain from wishing for things, everything would be fine. Mm, well, uh, I suppose when you put it like that, uh, I don't have any proof that you're, you know, evil. Exactly, not a shred of proof. And besides, uh, don't you have more important things to be worrying about, uh, such as your... Rapidly herniating gut. Oh, yes. That does seem still to be happening. You did specify that it was to be delicious, awful, Rufus. So perhaps we can cook some of it up for you, see? Auto-cannibalism would be one way of getting rid of some of it. Oh, that's right. Look on the bright side. It's a cruel, confusing world, and we have to take our pleasures where we can, Rufus. <laughs> yes, 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 we do. <laughs> when, you, when you put it like that... Yes. Uh, Relax, Rufus. You can't fix things. <laughs> Wait! No! You are clearly both utterly villainous. I won't be manipulated like this. What are you doing, Rufus? I'm going to consult a certain Efreet. Oh, that was a... <laughs> Usually easier getting out of that... <laughs> getting out of that lamp there. Put on some weight, maybe. Oh, hello, it's me again. Jeannie. Jeannie. Hello. Who's that there? Oh, that, that's Albert Grick, a.k.a. the devil. Ah, I was right. All right, fine, I am the devil. Uh, for all the good it will do you to know that. Well, better the devil you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. Very good. Uh, that's right. 
But think about it, Rufus. Is what I'm doing really so intrinsically evil? Yes, of course. Look, look at these poor victims. This, this enormous dead child. My hideous, unhating guts. This pair of wretches who are now irretrievably, existentially alienated from everyone and everything else in the universe. Leave me alone. You don't get me. Nobody gets me. It's all chaos. This is all your fault. My fault? But I never made anyone do anything they didn't want to do. I didn't choose the wishes they made. This is only justice, Rufus. They have hanged themselves. I only sold them the rope. What is so unjust about that? It's true, Rufus. The only reason they hadn't ended up like this before was they didn't have the power to. It's churlish to lay the blame on the devil simply because you were all too reckless to use that power responsibly. Uh, but, but they... How, how could they know? You should at least put a, put a warning. You know, not, not, to, not to go fully allegorical here, but there should be background checks and a mandatory waiting period before handing out powerful wishes. Especially semi-automatic ones that can be adjusted to have the same effect as a fully automatic wish. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up with a horror show like this! <laughs> oh dear. Oh, there are guts everywhere. What a mess. Oh. But people want their wishes, Rufus. Nobody wants all that red tape. It would be bad for business. No one would wish for it. And no change ever comes without it being wished for first. But it's all so awful, so, so tragic, so futile and pathetic. These poor blameless souls are... Oh, I wish none of this had ever happened. Oh, wow, that's a great one. Very vaguely worded. What? No! I can muck his poor the heck out of this one. No, I, I didn't mean that you... Run it! No! And so, with his final wish, Strideforth unmakes his entire reality. <laughs> In the only conclusion that is possibly more frustrating than, and then he woke up. <laughs> so none of the preceding stories should have be, should be considered to have occurred even imaginatively. And you too, dear listeners, must vanish away until you wish to join us once again for the next unseen hour. We hope you were put at ease by The Unseen Hour, episode 27, Zedekiah Fair. The Unseen Hour is recorded live and monthly, usually on the first Wednesday of every month at the Rosemary Branch Theatre in London, courtesy of Unattended Items. This episode was performed, even-handedly, by Bryce Stratford, Holly Morgan, and James Carney, and featured a monologue written by Nicole Aqua and performed by Sarah Languish-Smith. The musical guest was Niall McNamee. The theme music was by The Unrecorded. The Unseen Hour is an Unseen Things production created, written, and produced by James Carney, and the podcast is produced, read it worse to you, by Andy Goddard. <laughs> we all look forward to seeing you here again at the Unseen Hour.